Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number four of the Whitetail Wednesday with myself, Cam. And this week, we are approaching... The best time of the season, in my opinion. We are definitely pre-rut. There's a lot of signs where rutting is happening. The bucks are chasing. The does are running heavily. Bucks are checking their scrapes more often. They're checking the rubs more often. And as I mentioned it in episode number three, that this time of year, this week specifically, the bucks be... T- begin to be most responsive, most responsive to early morning rattling, um, that, you know, that more aggressive grunt as you're kind of leaning away from the light grunts, you're, you're trying to show dominance that you're another dominant buck in the area. You want to bring that big guy out of bed. And, you know, if you got the camera rolling, bring those small guys out just for a little footage action as well. So this is my favorite time of year. I hope everyone is doing well out in the woods. It seems there's a lot of success stories. People are filling lots of tags. All kinds of cool things are happening. And actually, someone, uh, one of our listeners had sent a message today about a deer that was shot. A nice little buck was shot with a trad bow. I'm going to post this picture to my story because this is pretty wild. The buck died standing up. So this is just unreal. I I can't believe this. I uh, was a little shell-shocked when I had first seen the photo. I thought he was just kidding. So thanks, Jacob, for sending me that. Amazing. So I'll post that to my story. Be sure to check that out. Speaking of my story, if you'd seen my story or my post most recently, A Tale to Tell. Um, This week has been an awesome week in the woods for me. I am starting to see a lot more deer activity um, than I was at the beginning of October. And I'm just going in my book here, checking all the things that I'm going through, writing down the day, the temperature, the wind direction, uh, the barometer meeting, and what I'm seeing that day. If we got rain or snow or what kind of deer came out, how they behaved, all of that is in here. All my points are listed and I can always go back and reference this to see at what point of the year, um, you know, deer starting to begin this behavior and when I can really notice some, uh, some success coming my way or hope to be success coming my way. Anyway, I've been seeing lots of deer. Um, bucks are being more responsive, more responsive. You can certainly see once you get on that rattle bag, you know, early in the afternoon, you pick up a doe coming out to check the field, um, followed by a forky or something like a little seven point. In my case, um, I've got a frequent seven pointer around. He's a great little 70 inch deer. Um, he's going to be awesome in a couple of years. So I'm looking forward to watching him for the rest of the season if he makes it through. There's there's definitely a few other hunters and um, you know everyone I'm sure would love to get a piece of the pie and so maybe to someone else that buck would be uh, a trophy in itself. So hopefully he makes it through. Um, so I got an awesome day on Tuesday. I went out Tuesday evening. We were calling for lot well we didn't have any rain in the forecast other than like a 30 percent chance so i mean technically by 
the weather's point of view, we're not to get rain at all. Generally how it goes. But because their weather predictions are just so up to snuff and unbelievably inaccurate, we got poured rain on. So I had full intentions of going out on my west wind um, and hunting from the tree stand. But just with how much rain we were getting, I decided to do a quick swap, go back to the tailgate, grab my blind, put the tree stand away, and get out in the woods. So I made my way along the field edge. With knowing that the corn was just cut the day previous, I was able to see lots of fresh sign of scrapes, rubs touched up, and seeing more and more scrapes as I was working the field edge to where I I figured I wanted to be. I had set up about 20 yards from a scrape and a consistent scrape, something I knew was being checked out uh, maybe perhaps that morning. We didn't quite get that rain until the late afternoon. So the fresh dirt kick up was a great sign. I thought, okay, well, we're still kind of in a, in a time where bucks aren't on any sort of lockdown phase. This is a great way to get these bucks off of those scrapes, but by hunting those scrapes. So I set up with three scrapes in my visual out to a hundred yards. We didn't get to, uh, sitting for half an hour and I had a doe come out, she was kind of a little weary of the uh, of my blind being set up where it was. She had made it to 15 yards. I actually didn't see her at all until I looked up, of course, on my cell phone, playing around, checking weather, doing whatever. This doe got freaked out. She went off. She did come back around about 20 minutes later from the opposite side trying to catch a wind. It didn't work. She stayed in the field for quite some time. So that was fun to watch her. And within about an hour of that... Um, I had the first buck come out and he was an absolute giant. Um, you may have caught my story where I had told everyone that I'd see him in the morning and I'll definitely get there, but he was about 140 inch eight point from what I could tell. And he was doing all kinds of scraping, rubbing trees, um, checking his licking branches. He was coming out into the corn feeding And then all of a sudden, he kind of got a little weary as well. He wasn't really looking my way, but he was looking just to my west a little bit. And then he had ran across the field. This was at like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Completely ran across the field. Wouldn't come to any of my grunts. I tried snorting him to get him to stop. Wasn't interested, and he carried on his way. Not 15 minutes after that, he comes flying right back in the same direction he came, followed by two does. Two does came out, a little seven-point buck came out, and these deer all kind of worked their field. This all shook down for a little while. I was able to view this, both these bucks and the, the does for a little while in the field as they fed on the corn. I couldn't get the big eight-point to close the distance. The seven-pointer was definitely interested, um, but he wasn't quite what I was after. He did work his way to 60 yards and ended up cutting in the back in the bush and that was pretty well it for that night. So I had high anticipation of going back in the morning and I thought it would be great because those deer are still there. You know, nothing really got spooked. They, the corn's still fresh and I was able to get out there undetected. So we roll into the next morning. I get out there. I'm still going with the blind. The blind's already been out overnight. I'm walking by keeping my distance, but off of these scrapes, And I see that they've been touched up again. So I know that buck has been back out in the field from the time that I was hunting that evening to that morning. So I made my way to the blind. 
I was five minutes out of legal light, threw down my first rattle, and lo and behold, the seven point comes out. He comes to, I think he was at 25 yards. He was just behind the buck decoy that I had set out. Shooter 3D target decoy worked immaculate again. He was definitely ready for a fight, and all of a sudden he got real weary, and he was looking to his east, and then boom, there comes the 140 eight point I was I was floored it was right on shooting light at this point and I think it's something you know and haven't seen the greatest success totally all across the board this year so far so I wanted to make sure this went accordingly and just totally by the book I let this buck come in he worked his way to 40 yards he gave me a perfect broadside shot I had my bow in my hand we're perhaps two minutes after legal light i'm ready to rock but i just cannot see my pins well enough i had my bow up i couldn't couldn't do it i had to let down and just watch this buck he stood around for another five minutes and then he went back into the bush once he got back into the bush he threw down a couple wheezes he was a little weird there was something that he didn't like um, and it wasn't until he was moving around in the bush a little bit i know he was checking his rubs i wasn't too far out of that rub line and I kind of just let that be for a little bit. I let the bush settle about half an hour, 45 minutes. I was able to call out another little buck. He came out smacking his lips, drooling, and totally wanted to fight with my decoy. So I let him do his thing, grab a couple videos, some photos. And in the meantime, I had an eight-point buck come out. I've uh, never seen this eight-point buck before. He was by no means, you know, you're making Ontario record book type buck, but he had a body on him that I just said, you know what, I am missing the deer meat in my freezer. This is going to be the perfect trophy for me to take home. Play all my cards right, get everything lined up. I get this buck come working in. He's starting to get all bristled up. He's getting ready to go for the decoy, 28 yards. My decoy is at 24 He's closing a five-yard gap between them. He lifts his head, steps his left shoulder over, and gives me the perfect broadside shot at 28 yards. Let the arrow fly. Watched a beautiful kick. He took a, a quick dirt nap about 10 feet after that. Got up, ran some more, struggled hard, and the work began. At this point, I had left the buck for two and a half hours. I didn't see blood spraying right away as I have in the past from shooting deer with uh, a bow. And it was a little concerning. Um, I knew I had put it perhaps, I mean, at this point I can say it was a touch high. But at the time I had thought maybe it was it was a perfect shot. I would have liked to be in, an inch lower. So there wasn't a whole lot of room for error. There, there was still... A good ethical shot put into it and once it had come time I had some friends come and help track this deer we didn't have any blood for the first 30 yards um, this is the second time I've shot a fixed blade broadhead and um, all I can say is I will be going back to the expandables expandables have never let me down and I understand at some point you know there's there's a lot of human error I, I did come home and check my gear and make sure things were 
on point where they need to be. It was shooting accurately. Nothing, nothing was off. It had to be me. So we had tracked this blood for, it ended up being six, just over 600 yards. Um, we found the arrow broken off at 35 yards. It was a complete pass through once we got to that point. Um, the fletching side of the arrow had actually stuck in this buck and wiggled around for quite some time. And once the, the broadhead end had broken off, you could really see the blood start to pour out. And that's when we got really on the good, vibrant, frothy to begin with blood. And that I started getting real excited. So we carry on our way. We're, we're going through creeks, you know, like crazy. There's all kinds of marshy areas that he's going through. The blood is great. We're about 150 yards in. We're still finding good blood. And we get about to 200 yards and it thins out a little bit and then kind of picks back up and we're working our way to 300 yards. We're getting, we're getting to be a long ways here. We get it to about 350, 400 yards from the point of impact site and blood started to wear thin. Started to wear thin. It was like, you know, if you could image a two inch like a leaf, a leaf just with enough blood marking on it to, you know, almost cover the leaf or half cover the leaf and say, okay, well, it, it, it could be closing up a little bit, but we still have good blood. It's still, you know, a consistent two feet after two feet after two feet, drip, drip, drip. And we had got to about 600 yards and we had lost blood. Um, at this point we had spent three hours tracking. We did a grid search and a body search, just kind of, you know, finding high points, vantage points, stepping on high down trees, looking over and, and kind of some bedded areas, but not getting too, too close, afraid to bump this deer. And unfortunately it still come up with nothing. It was at this point that I figured it's time to back out and, let things be the way they are, see what else I could possibly do, run through scenarios of how the shot went, and um, really just think of what did I do wrong? Did I not give this deer enough time? You know, I thought two and a half hours would be suffice. I did my research on who to contact to get a tracking dog. I had ended up leaving the bush and left that area for about three three hours got a hold of someone available to track a good friend she came along with some very well-known pups and uh, her tracking dog and we went to town the dog had put us on about another 40 yards where we had found more of this this blood where it was kind of consistent two feet two feet of the same drip on you know leaves just covering leaves half covering leaves and after that we had completely not found any more blood we had uh, peroxide out with us and peroxide works as a great aid to help you find blood because it foams up when it's actually on blood so you could have it in some format like an aerosol can or like um, the brown bottle with just a little pump on it spray your leaf and it foams up so this is something new to me but it was totally effective and was able to show us a little more sign um but at this point, we had the dogs going, and we lost it. We lost the buck that had ran 600 yards. 
you've already heard about the story from the heathens not being able to find a buck and um, doing what they did, doing what we had to do to find where that bucket went. You know, we'd got down to our under britches, as Trev would say, and crossed that river. And we found more good sign and we, we put in the time. And unfortunately, I have to report that I did not recover this eight point buck. Um, I know he did run past a trail camera of another hunter of the property and I've been in touch with. Unfortunately, um, the buck was running at that point about 150 yards from where I had set up. And the buck triggered the camera, but didn't catch it. It was two minutes after the shot. He was still running. You could just, he was blurred out. And, uh, yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad report. It's a tale I didn't want to tell. Um, it, it has happened before and I've, uh, you can only do so much. I do believe I did everything in my power to find this deer, I had my wife come out with me tonight and we had tracked for another little while checking the whole riverbanks, checking all kinds of beds. We'd bumped many deer out of the beds. Um, you know, something that I don't really condone at this time of year, but it's absolutely the most appropriate practice to do. You know, if you're going to go out and essentially injure this animal that you're not able to recover so I'm grateful that she was able to you know ditch her plans to help me do that and kind of well I mean hopefully come out with some success but it just didn't go like that so it's been it's been bittersweet um there's lots of trail cameras in the area the bush the bush is pretty close to 2,000 yards and in length and width so <clears throat> there it, it, there's a lot of neighboring properties lots of cameras i'm hoping that it can it can show back up um i did go back and listen again at 10 p.m last night hopefully not hear any coyotes but we did hear some coyotes and we had witnessed a coyote chasing a doe so i'm hoping that that buck is still able to run around and function and live his life or hopefully get get taken by another hunter I, I would hope that someone would be able to do that and I mean if it was someone in the area that knew I had shot this buck I would be more than willing to put my tag on that and you know just have that story to tell that that buck was you know taken care of properly it is very unfortunate I'm I'm devastated it sucks and uh yeah, it didn't really matter what this was going to cost to do it, to put in the hours. And it just, it didn't fan out for me. Um, all I can do is continue to practice. Even though it's hunting season, I can't stress it enough. And I'll preach it, and I certainly practice it. Is shoot your bow. Shoot your gear that you are hunting with. If there's anything that could be going wrong get it out of the way before you're in the woods. If you've got dull broadheads, take the time and sharpen them up. If you don't sharpen them, get replacement blades, buy new broadheads, do what you need to do to make sure you are absolutely on top of your a game. So this does not happen to you. And, um, I mean, at this point I, I sat out today because I didn't feel it was right to not go back and spend time in the bush looking for this deer, which I certainly did. 
and we'll see what the next couple days hold and hopefully I can get back out in the whitetail woods and um, I mean if I could see him again I would certainly take a another shot and hopefully seal the deal Um, I am participating in the controlled hunt again this year I haven't for the past two years, so this will be exciting. Um, even if I were able to witness this buck at 100 yards and I'm able to you know, make it happen then, that's something I would certainly do. Again, it's he was a trophy to me. He was certainly going to fill the freezers, uh, and it would have been an awesome story to talk about. He was a beautiful young deer, two-and-a-half-year-old, and you know, a trophy doesn't have to be defined by the amount of inches on the top of their head. So I wanted to stress that to everyone. It is, uh, you know, for many of you that messaged in to say congrats or dying to hear the story, thank you. And I'm sorry this wasn't the one you were hoping to hear. But um, this does happen. This happens to people who hunt lots, people who put a lot of time in, people who shoot a lot of archery and shoot good archery. You know, it, it happens to everyone. So... I think in this next week, um, I'm going to be practicing more diligently. I'm pumping out more arrows. I am definitely going in on high winds, high pressures, and I'm really looking forward to where you got a couple days coming up where there's going to be lots of snow coming. Well, I shouldn't say lots. We're in Ontario, Canada, so we're going to be getting like five centimeters. Hopefully five centimeters will... I mean, it is really going to pick up the deer, especially, you know, there's a lot of corn coming down right now. The deer are going to do what is natural to them. They're going to go to food. So be near your food, be near your water, and definitely start to make those all-day sits in the stand. Um, you know, if an all-day sit isn't doesn't work to your schedule, see if you can sit till the afternoon because the midday, the early afternoon, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, as I mentioned, it's really starting to pick up, and it's only going to get better from this point. So um, I'm going to do an all-day sit in the bush this weekend myself. So, you know, this whole next week is going to be a lot of devoted time to spending those hours in the bush because the times that you generally don't think are going to be active are going to be some of the best times to be out in the whitetail woods this week. So that is my unfortunate story to tell you guys, and I hope that I have some good news within the next week for episode number five, and I know there will be some awesome success stories for episode number five. So in the meantime, please, if you want to share your story, tips, message in, good or bad comments, send it to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Instagram or Facebook. You can also send me an email and go on the webpage at www.ontariooutdoorpursuit.com. Check out the awesome new camp hoodies we have, three-quarter tees, regular tees, and hats to be coming very soon. So stay tuned for that. Go ahead, check out that shop, support the brand, support the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week for an awesome rut episode, episode number five of the Whitetail Wednesday. Mm-hmm.